I'll be honest with you, I've never understood your infatuation with Hannah. Just it never it never clicked for me. I know she's smart, she's quirky, she's fun to be around and all that, but you know, doesn't mean she's not a difficult person. I'm a difficult person. Everyone's a difficult person. She was accepting of my brand of difficult. She was okay with it. That doesn't mean she wasn't terrible to me. She wasn't terrible to me. She has her own ideas about what's right and wrong, and sometimes she gets confused, but she's an altruistic person. An altruistic person? If you think Hannah's an altruistic person, then you and this fucking schizoid dog belong together. Don't compare Hannah to this piece of shit dog. I'm not. I never did. I'm just saying, you're the one who compared her to a carnival game. Why are you trying to convince me she's a bad person? Okay, she's a great person. Is that what you want to hear? Hannah's awesome. She's wonderful. She's a classy lady put up graffiti uh, cutoffs. Do you want to fuck her? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Girls Girls, our weekly rewatch podcast where we watch each episode of HBO's Girls from the perspective of 10 years of distance uh, from our 20-something selves. However, uh, this episode hit pretty hard, to be honest. How are, um, how are you, Sarah Beth? I'm good. I mean, it was kind of a downer, but um, I think maybe impacted, hit you in the feels a little bit more than me. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, okay, well, first we're talking about episode six. It's called Boys. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's aptly named because I think it's both about how kind of women often behave with boys and also then how boys behave with each other. And mm-hmm. we got some interesting insight to, we haven't really spent alone time. We haven't spent time with Adam outside of Hannah. I don't think until mm-hmm. this episode. Is that right? I think so. That's right. Yeah. Um, Same thing with uh, Ray. That's true. Yeah. We've never really seen him outside or we've seen him with Charlie. I will say. Okay, that's true. Yeah, because right. of the snooping, which was terrible, and this mm-hmm. is kind of equally terrible, just in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> As a new dog mom, did this also impact you emotionally, like on that level as a parent? So, <laughs> yes, um, nobody talks to my son like that. Um, <laughs> I won't say. I actually, it was not the dog stuff that made me sad. I will say, but yeah, that was sad. I mean. That poor dog is not treated very well. And I forgot, does Ray just keep this dog now? I genuinely have forgotten this plot point. No, I don't think so. But he should because it's not like the dog has a good home to go to. Oh, no. They certainly should should not stay with Adam. That's for sure. They should definitely like rehome it to a better place probably in general. But anyway. We need some millennial woman in her 30s to go back in time and save this dog so that it can live in the Hudson Valley and... Go to farmer's markets. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the (laughs) life I give Mango. (laughs) My dad, one of the reasons my dad likes Mango is because Mango seems genuinely happy to have been rescued. (laughs) (laughs) He shows enough gratitude. Exactly. (laughs) Is that funny? Yeah. Anyway. That's good. So. Sorry, sorry. Before we get into it, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, do we want to a introduce who we are again? Cause we sort of change that up every time and yeah, then B, sure. go into our, uh, go into our, the recap. Yes. Thank you for keeping me on track. That's a good call. I'm Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> this is more awkward than I intended. And I'm Sarah Beth. <laughs> I did say your name when I tossed it to you. That's true. Thank you. Um, at this point, I just assume our listener acquisition is like <laughs> pretty much That's zero. true. The people who've stuck with us are like, okay, bitches, keep going. Like, yeah, we exactly. don't need this. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, my description for this episode is, so this episode explores the ways in which women modify themselves to be with men and the way men talk about relationships amongst themselves. My recap is the in-betweens are the problem. <laughs> Ooh, that was that. We're going to dissect that conversation like beat by beat. <laughs> okay. But going back to the beginning, Hannah gets an ebook mm-hmm. and this is very exciting. This is the first kind of like moment of success we've really seen for Hannah with writing. Yeah. And we're not really sure how she's been how she's reached this man or how he's reached her or what the backstory is. Maybe it's that article that she did that got published that may or may not be about cocaine. Right. The cocaine or no cocaine article. 
Yeah, it has to be. She is going to be, so he says that they publish things that are high, low and low high, and she's going to be the low high, an unknown speaking about a generation. Like Tom Wolf talking about a colostomy bag. <laughs> That's high, low. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and then there's just a very like weird interaction where he's like, where are we? Was this restaurant even here yesterday? Like, what is that? And she's like, that's a pistachio. I don't know what you're talking about. Your assistant chose this place. Um, he says he reveals he needs it in a month and he is not joking. That is crazy. That is crazy and unfair, frankly. Yeah. I think we can foresee that this is going to be a problem. A huge problem. Yeah. Because I think that she just, she probably has some things in the bank, but certainly not a book's worth of short stories or memoirs or, you know, kind of like a David Sedaris-esque format. Right. And I relate to this in the sense of, you know, all the time at my job, it's a question of like, somebody will say like, hey, draft this motion or like, Hey, we need to do this. And you'll say back like, okay, when do you need it by? And they say something and you're like, Oh yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yet you say will do and you like absolutely cannot do. And so I do, I do know what this is like to feel like you have to do something. And however, I would say a big advantage of my job is that it's not a creative pursuit. It really is just kind of like, for, my job is like just you have to fucking sit down and do it, which I get. I guess same, same, but different to some degree. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I guess I don't know. I just think the creative end would be harder than what I have to do. I think this is probably something that a lot of people in our listenership, as well as like us and our friends, deal with because we came of age in a kind of hustle culture caught between the don't question anything your superior says to you. Thanks boomers and Gen Xers, I guess. Uh, And then also with the, like, it's like the, it's not the task economy. What is it? The part-time work. Yeah. The gig economy, like this kind of hustle, just, you have to get it done. Hashtag rise and grind my 5am to 9am before my nine to five boss bitch. Yeah. All the, all the, all the hashtags. And it's really hard to say no. I find myself at work. It's really hard to say no to stuff because you feel like you need to take advantage of any opportunity your way. And I think that that's what Hannah feels in this moment. I mean, how often they keep saying it's an ebook deal. Cause it's like a, it's a running gag throughout the episode, but it's a book deal and it's going to take a lot of work. A hundred percent. There's no, in terms of the work on her end, there's no substantive difference between a hardcover and a ebook. No. She's still going to have to write the damn thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we know that she's probably being set up for failure here, and this is, she's going to be in for a crash, but we kind of get through. We have a couple episodes before we get there, I think. Have you ever vomited from stress? Like after no. something traumatic happens and then you like have a physical reaction? I have never vomited from stress. No. I have definitely, um, I've let out like a feral scream. Oh, mm-hmm. just cause okay. like I needed to like get something out of my body. How frustrated I was that happened actually probably about a month ago. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Where I just screamed. And then I've also like just type like been typing and working through like sobs. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I really like my job. I- <laughs> it's, it sounds crazy. <laughs> Guys, really being a lawyer is awesome. <laughs> No, I really like it. I do. It just sounds bad sometimes. It is bad sometimes, but a lot of times it's good. <laughs> Everything is bad sometimes. I, I feel like I'm much more of a deer in the headlights and mental spiral coper. Like internally, I'll be spinning around, but on the surface, I'm just frozen. But that's that like in famous like duck saying. Oh, yeah. Calm yeah. above the water, but paddling like crazy or whatever it is. Yeah, there's always, um, I feel like if you know me, it's really obvious when this is happening because there are some times where I'm trying to make a decision and you can, if you look at my face, you can see the gears flip-flopping, you know, back and forth. And then often like Yen will look at me, he goes, what are you thinking right now? What are, what are you going between? Stop That's it. That's so cute. <laughs> but, but it's it's a little annoying because I'm like trying to make my decision. I'm like, stop interrupting me. I'm trying, I, I'm... I'm looping in my mind. Yeah. I need to, I need to find my the exit CPU ramp. is 
running. Yeah, I'm overclocking right now. I need I need the fan on. Oh my no. god, that's so funny. But that's sweet. I like that he like notices that. That's nice. Yes. So Hannah presumably is calling Marnie to share the good news, but Marnie screens Hannah's call as she's in Booth's bed. And he actually asks a good question, which is, are you even friends? <laughs> What's the answer to that? I mean, yes. There, I think she has more, even though everyone's superficial and sort of self-centered in her friend group, they are friends because they are kind of mirror images of each other. And Booth Jonathan is a man that has no friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I want to return to the, like, are they friends at the end? Um, yes. But anyway, so Sujin comes in. Ugh, justice for Sujin, man. Oh my God, this poor woman. <laughs> it's different, but do you know what this reminds do you, do you remember that character in Sex and the City that Samantha sleeps with that has a um, Thai maid? Yes. Okay, it was like oh giving- Oh my God. It was giving that energy. Yeah, that was a great episode. <laughs> that was. And so it- he questions, she reveal. you know, she's done all these chores for him. Um, and no boundaries as his assistant. None. I mean, as we learn later, like there's even fewer boundaries. Yeah. He says that there was a tiny bite out of his ice cream and she clearly thinking it was no big deal. Just confesses like, oh yeah, like I wanted to try it. I had a little bite and he reads her the riot act, asks Marnie to chime in, which is. <laughs> really adding insult to injury, this poor Su Jin. Um, she quits. He says you're fired. And then again, like this, this is, he is such a gaslighter and we'll like get back to that. We'll get back to that later. Mm-hmm. I, I really think what he says in the wine cellar, like might be true, but it's like not the point, but of that mm-hmm. moment, but anyway, whatever. It makes me crazy that he asks Marnie essentially to whip herself into a lather over this thing that he finds offensive. And then when she says, yeah, taking a bite of someone's ice cream is psychotic. He goes, whoa, it's not that great. I know. He's just Fuck a fucking off. asshole. Yeah. And then what's what, what really like makes it funny to me is like Marnie's just like, yes, ice cream is groceries. Like she yes. doesn't make a comment about like the taking a bite part. I don't think it, do you think it's that big of a deal that she took a bite? No, because this she's having to work in ex, in like under sexual harassment daily. The ice cream is the least of it. I would be like, "Fuck off, Booth Jonathan. You're lucky you're getting off this lightly." Yeah, she should just buy things for herself. She should just bought one for herself. He wouldn't have noticed. I know. Yeah, I do think it's weird to like take a bite out of something and then give it to someone. I but, do, too. but, but more given- for like, if I were him, I'd be like, "Oh, just take the ice cream. I don't care." Yeah, yeah, I would say, you know, like, hey, that kind of, like, icks me out a little bit, so don't do that again, but, like, just take this. Like, if you liked it, take the pint, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, he's not chill, so that's never going to happen. Correct. I also think that this episode gives us an insight into he is, I think, more successful and wealthier than we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because of just, like, the various kind of accoutrement of his life that we see this episode. I'm sorry. Let's talk about her react like. You're Marnie. Mm-hmm. He then says, so now that Sujin has been fired, she quit. Mm-hmm. Her, also, I love that her boyfriend does lights for Carly Rae Jepsen. Moving on. Love that. Weirdly, that reference has not aged out yet. No. She has like a good recent album, actually. Long live the queen, Carly yeah. Rae Jepsen. Yeah. This is random. I don't know why I thought they, I, I kind of have them because obviously Call Me Maybe was her first, but, and this girl was not a real singer. So it's like totally different. But do you remember that song? It's Friday. 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 Yeah. yeah. It was like that. Girl's- she has like a little career now too. I think you're right. I think she does. But yeah, it was like a bat mitzvah video that ended up like mm-hmm. going viral. Um, God, that was, a, that was a good time. I miss it. Friday. I feel bad for that girl. She just wanted to do something fun. And then she donated the money she made off of it. Oh, wow. I saw an interview where she was talking about, yeah, I just donated like the stream revenue from it to XYZ. Maybe that's not true. I don't know, but um, we can spread positive slander. Yeah. Positive slander. Yeah. Okay. So he says, so now that Sujin is no more, could you be the hostess for tonight? How do you read? Like, I find it hard to believe that she perceives that as we are now co-hosting an event as boyfriend and girlfriend. 
Yeah, this is a major misread on her part because it's the previous co-host, the previous hostess was his assistant, not his partner. Thank you. Like, and also to me, this sounds so, this sounds like such like a nerdy way to, con- or like a st- annoying way to conceptualize it. But the opening clause was because Su Jin is no more. Can you yes. be the hostess? Yes. Yeah, Th- it's weird. It's crazy. That's like saying, oh, because my gardener quit. Can you go out back? It's crazy. I see the mental leap she did. And honestly, it's on him to not have seen her excitement over this. Yeah. And not perceive it as a misunderstanding. And that's on him. And then I also think he intentionally like rubs salt in the wound later with like the payment. Like there was no, Mm -hmm. you know, like that was fucked. Yeah. Cut to... Shoshana at Grumpy's with Ray. Mm-hmm. And oh, girl, if we haven't all been here trying to <laughs> remake a man into a suitable partner by sending him to Donald Trump's um, Learning Ponzi scheme of an educational institution. <laughs> oh my God, it was so good. Like, what an incredible time capsule of that. Where you and honestly, also kind of aged continuously relevant like i'm sure the don is still running these you know fraudulent uh business camps i know my favorite was i know he's done a lot of bad stuff like hiring ivanka to be a judge on the apprentice (laughs) (laughs) honestly just swap out the apprentice to the government and i feel like it's relevant (laughs) it's so fucking funny and so he says so you want me to be like donald trump and she says no well don't you want to own your own coffee shop and his answer to that is no with a laugh like a dismissal yeah and i think this this moment is very relatable where mm-hmm. i know i have experienced what it feels like to think someone must want something because to you it only makes sense that they would and then you take mm-hmm. steps to actualize that for them and then they don't want it. And then you resent them. Like that, that mm-hmm. is such a pattern that I have engaged, like in my twenties, I engaged in that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, is it so like they have got to break up. Yeah. It's not going to be good. You can see the resentment continuously building on her end. And then she talks about the, um, like in the next scene about the tacos, but it's not about the tacos. Yeah. Wait, remind me of that. Okay. Wait, what happened when, what happened with the tacos? Um, also to jump ahead past the Hannah stuff, she's watching Marnie, Marnie and she are having like two separate conversations. Marnie's talking right. about co-hosting the event as like a girlfriend and Shoshana's like, yes, this is an exciting next step. But then Shoshana goes on this, uh, like rambly aside about how at least your boyfriend's like taking you to nice things or including you in nice things. Mine just takes me to tacos. That's not even really like a deep thing. Tacos. There's right. No and she says, like, I asked, like, my aunt, I asked my aunt mm-hmm. what, like, an appropriate first date is, and it's not tacos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, honestly, I would, I'm fine with that personally. But um, I feel like tacos are great. Oh Who doesn't God, yeah. love a taco? Yeah. Like, get a taco stand, go for a walk on the beach or whatever. Like, I know that's not oh, the same. Oh, delightful. York, but that's great. Delightful. Anyway, so. Going back gosh, to the coffee shop. Yeah, I, 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 I want to go back, but I also have thoughts about that. Anyway, okay, wait. So. All of a sudden, Ray wants his Little Women book back, which mm-hmm. I guess he lent to Hannah and she gave to Adam. And his godmother, this actually sounds like lovely. I kind of want to do this, like give people yeah. books and like write yes. in them why I think it applies to them. I think that's like a great idea. And like I might do it's, that for like my friend's kids. I was thinking just this weekend that I'm going to start doing that as I give like kids books to my friends, kids, because this is such a lovely idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. So listeners feel free to also steal this idea. Shosh says, why does it relate to you? Do you think you're a Marmy or an Amy? And he says, I don't know. I haven't read it yet, which is why I need it back. And Hannah says, you're probably the dad that goes to war. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So did you, did, did you go through like a little women phase growing up? I read it. I wasn't super into the books just because I felt like it was a little too navel gazing for me, but I did really enjoy revisiting the books after I was older and I like saw the original movie that 
was made plus the version with uh, Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. And and then the latest one I love. I love the Greta Gerwig version. Yeah. My, bizarrely, the character, so I like was obsessed with Little Women. Mm-hmm. And bizarrely, the character that I was obsessed with was the one that dies of Scarlet Fever. I like, Okay, so that's so funny because I like her the best too. And it's so sad that she dies. Yeah, it's awful. And like, I had this like weird, like, it's, and like, this is probably, car- but like, I had this weird, like, fantasy of like being sick. Ooh. Yeah, it was like okay. really dark. And then actually, fun fact, I got scarlet fever and almost died. Oh my God. I know. How? I had, I got chicken pox and mm-hmm. I scratched one and broke the surface of my skin so that the chicken pox virus got to my blood. <gasps> no. Yeah. And we were traveling, like we were on vacation in like not an area that had like great doctor or hospital access. And apparently my mom says she's like never been more scared in her life. Cause like they had oh no idea God. what was going on. And luckily my pedi- my pediatrician diagnosed it like over the phone. What's the treatment for scarlet fever? You know, I don't know. That's a great question. Oh my God. I know. That's so scary. But now I relate to um, Amy. I think the most, mm. I think Joe is like fucking annoying. I know, but I still kind of like her cause she's like, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she to me is like girl boss to her detriment. Hashtags. Yeah. Hashtag girl boss. Yeah. The thing that I really respect about the character, though, is that it would have been so easy to just go with the boy and the happy ending, and she doesn't, and she sticks to her guns, and she's right. They wouldn't have been good together. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Anyway, Little Woman, great, great book. And also referenced in another classic Friends group TV show, Friends. Where Oh do you yeah. remember that episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one where they put the book in the freezer. Yeah. I too <laughs> that, that is relatable. Yeah. When you yeah. don't want to read the bad ending. Yeah. Yeah. So Ray goes to Adam and he Adam says he's done with this is the first time we've seen him since the arrest. Mm-hmm. And he says he's angry, which is fair, mm-hmm. in my yes. opinion. Yeah, fair. <laughs> and um, r- he says he's busy, but Ray can come in to look around. He slowly comes to the conclusion that the book is in the bathroom, and there's a dog in there. <laughs> yeah, very angry dog. <laughs> a very angry dog. And we learn that it's bit Adam already, and that Adam has stolen it. Not Dear God. Yeah. They have this fight as to like why that's not okay and that, you know, the owner probably loved that. And like, I'm probably too dense. I'm probably missing it. But like, this has to be a fucking metaphor for something. <laughs> this like fight over, you know, it being a yeah. part of the family and loving it and yet taking it and how I like how it would have like hurt. Ray. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I feel like Ray is like having a bit of a overreaction there where it has to be about something else. But I feel like it's related to so the the scene immediately preceding like Ray wandering the building of Adam's apartment is like Shoshana saying to him, no, you should go. It's a man's like duty, right? Or something right. like that. And so I feel like Ray is in this weird position where he feels like less than a man. And then he sees Adam who's like going fucking psycho with like two by fours and like, but he's very like manly. And then the thing that puts Ray over the edge to help Adam return this dog is this idea of like backup, like a very manly thing. You're going to be the muscle. Yeah. It could get ugly. I need, I need a dude I can trust. I need a bro. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great call that Ray probably feels kind of like insecure in his role with Shoshana in that, like if we're being stereotypical with like man is, breadwinner caretaker whatever he feels like he's not doing that with shoshana and so yeah his his masculinity is under fire Mm -hmm. yeah so now we have the shopping scene and she says she phrases it as booth and i are having a couple friends over it's the first thing we're hosting together as a couple oh my god marnie girl no (laughs) yeah i think to return to the conversation about the tacos I think this is 
multifold in that I do think this is an example of not to say that Ray is right for her, especially at this moment, but I do think this is a way that Shoshana's script for things can like get in her own way where she has this story of, and I think Marnie has it too, where like Marnie has a script in her head right now of co-hosting an event with her fancy boyfriend. And Shoshana has an idea of what it means to have a boyfriend go on a date date an older man, live together, whatever. And it's a little bit of, and again, not to say that Ray's right, it's a little bit of letting the best be the enemy of the good, where Mm -hmm. it would be a shame to overlook a good partner because he took you for tacos as a first date or whatever the case may be. Right. But it's sort of moot because I don't think her and Ray are going to go the distance here, but it's okay. There are symptoms of what I think Shoshana's like tapping into that are correct, but I don't think she's identifying the right ones. Yeah, I agree with you. Like to me, it's not that Ray is not at the level of success he wants. It's that Ray doesn't really know what he wants. And also, I think that age difference is a big red flag. Yeah, I do too. Because at that age, it's a bigger, because so he, we get grounded in time a little bit later. He's 33, she's 21. And 12 years is a lot, especially at that age. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, honestly, 33 to 45 doesn't freak me out. No, but, but that's 21 different. to 33 is different. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. All right. So now we have our little bro adventure. They have to go to, so, oh yeah. So Adam reveals that the dog has an address on its collar. And as it turns out, that's in Staten Island. (laughs) Ray was offered a three-way, but he said no, because the girls were in Staten Island and they were attractive. (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) Yeah. No shot. No shot. I really feel like if a man was offered a three-way, he would go to Staten Island. But anyway. He would go to... New Jersey for that. Okay. There's no river or bridge that can stop that man. Yeah, totally. He makes a joke about being on the ferry and how it's like approaching the beaches of Normandy and Adam laughs and they sort of have this conversation about how Shoshana wouldn't have gotten that joke. She just would have looked blankly at him and they, they discuss if she is too young and here's where we want to, let's discuss this thesis. Young ones still have enough insecurity to remain vulnerable and old women don't have any bullshit expectations of what a relationship should be or needs to be. It's the in-betweeners that are the problem. Discuss. (laughs) Oh man, this is so like chauvinistic. It's so bad. Yeah. But I think a lot of men, well, now I'm grossly generalizing with no, you know, data, but I do think a lot of people think this way, like overly simplify the opposite sex, but it's because of like a lack of maturity within themselves. Right. Like that's obvious. Yes. Yeah. This is coming from a man who he cannot rise to the level of somebody who has expectations for him and for what a relationship should be. And so he has to create a framework that allows himself to you know, find acceptable the way he wants to approach relationships. But yeah, no, this is a very problematic theory that I like don't endorse in any way. No, it's horrible. And also, let's real talk to these characters. If I'm one of their friends, I would say, yeah, dude, the reason you find really older women to date and then really young women to date less problematic is because they're not looking for anything from you beyond like your body. If they're mm-hmm. even like accepting of that, like the 50 year old woman who just wants to bang Adam, like she's not looking for him for any deep meaning. And right. then the same thing for the young girl who might be too stupid, in which case she's too naive and thinking like, oh, I can learn something from this man or she's just doesn't give a shit. So like you're not looking, you're not going to get anything meaningful out of the women in those phases of their life. Yeah. Um, an ex of mine tends to date very young And I think it is because they are more willing to like accept his bullshit for longer. Mm, And they always have an old soul though. Such bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) It's not their, it's not their fault. I have, I have, I feel sad for them, frankly. No, but the old soul, like it's the line, you know? Oh yeah. It's the line for sure. Like, of course it's going to be flattering if someone calls you like wise beyond your years, but it's just a line. 
Yep. But good for Linda for doing lots of Pilates. Honestly, if we can all be Linda in our 50s, God bless. Truly. Bless up. Yeah. Ray says, I think you and I are similar. And Adam says, maybe because we're both kind of weird looking. (laughs) (laughs) Which, speaking of that, did you see that interview that Adam Driver did where the guy was like, do you think the fact that you look weird has like hampered your career? That that was so rude, that question. But also, I think like Adam in the scene is like pretty spot on that, you know, Ray's looking for all this deep meaning and being, quite frankly, pretty condescending to Adam. Adam's just like, I think it's just because like we're the same dude. I think one of the reasons I like Adam is because I think Adam actually sees often sees things very clearly, whereas Ray sort of like pontificates and thinks of himself very highly for all of the kind of philosophical shit he says, I think all of it is not really right. No, he's so haughty for someone who's really not doing, has no ambition for anything in his life. Mm -hmm. And Ray reminds me a little bit of, I think I've, um, I think I've told you this before that like the chef that I like dated in 2020 had this, he reminds me of Ray a little bit where mm. he, he was a philosophy major in college, which is like the fucking worst. Ugh. Yeah. No, no offense to philosophy majors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had the stance that a reason he went into becoming like a cook was because he thought like working with your hands was more real than working with your brain. And he's an honest man, Rourke. Exactly. <laughs> And so whenever, like, I said, you know, whenever I made a comment about, like, having to do work or, like, something about, like, my job, he would kind of make, like, snide remarks about how it's, like, not really work. And I was like, okay, go fuck yourself. It's like if you adapted office space into a total, like, ethos. Because have you seen that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the ending, spoiler alert, the ending, like, they end up all working in construction and they love it because it's, like, an honest day's work. Yeah. And I feel like the people who think that way are people who don't want to wrestle with the fact that that often like mind work can be not as rewarding or feel as productive as um, manual work. And then there's a little bit of this condescending thing of glorifying the manual labor. And like, I don't know. I just think there's space for all of it. All of it is valuable work. Like, why do we have to have like, a fight about what's more like morally centered in some way? I don't know. Anyway, he, it, it gives. Well, it, it's the ultimately. It's ultimately extremely condescending because not everyone has the choice to be able to choose between that kind of work and manual labor. Ivory Tower. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of that. I think, oh, it was Anna Karenina where the, aside from like the Anna Karenina storyline, there was this other storyline, I'm blanking on his name, which is probably going to infuriate listeners, but uh, he's like, you know, wants to go into the fields and toil. And it's Mm. like, he's, he's totally like a Ray type of character. And yeah. No, that's dead on. We learn that Jessa is hiding out in Hannah's apartment through a clatter of some kind. Hannah comes out to the kitchen to speak to her, and Hannah reveals that she has lots of good ideas, but she's struggling to start. Have you seen... Did you watch that HBO show, The Other Two? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's so funny. You really should watch it. It's great. It's about these two siblings whose third sibling is a Justin Bieber type. And it's oh, about Oh, yeah. You how, told me about this. Yeah. In it's another really episode. good. Yeah. It's really good. And there's an episode where the, the older... So one of the other two, the older brother, um, it's a girl and a boy... He wants to like write a screenplay and is told to write this screenplay. Like he and the, I don't know if it's an agent or I think she's an agent. He's like trying to get an agent or something. And he kind of embellishes how far along he is on a script. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, great. Like how, you know, how quickly can you get it to me? And he ends up in a similar situation where he's like, I can get it to you by Monday. Oh, no. And of course he has not started. Oh, no. Yes. And so she's like hounding him for it. And eventually like all he just is like, okay, fuck, I have to send it. And all he has is like the first title page, nothing else. Like the joke is that when she, she opens it to read it, but she can't bring herself to read it. 
So she never mm-hmm. goes past the title page. Mm-hmm. And so they both, so like she assumes that he's written something. And then at a party, she's like, I loved it. It was amazing. I do want to be your agent. And he's like, it was great. Like they just like have this like <laughs> completely bullshit <laughs> interaction. But that reminded me, I was like, Hannah could just try sending the title page and like see what happens. Oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> anyway. Relatable though to like when you have like really big writer's block to only write like the title of something and then like you're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> My problem is often I, it's a major kind of like perfectionist paralysis where mm-hmm. you, because you can't picture exactly how the sentence is going to read, you like won't start it. Mm-hmm. And I often have to tell myself like, bitch gets something on the page. Like Mm -hmm. just do something and you can edit it later. You can always go back, highlight it and like make a comment to yourself that it sucks and you want to return whatever, but like do fucking something. Yeah. The best way I've been able to break this habit, because I have the same thing. And I think a lot of women tend to be like very perfectionistic in like academic scenarios is to write in bullet points Mm. and then outline it like that with very lazy sentences. And then at least it gets you to the like full circle of your outline and then like go in there and write some sentences. That's actually a great idea. And I should start doing that. People can learn so much from this podcast. So we should have so much like an educational podcast. Such wisdom. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Jess is very mean (laughs) and says the first thing you need to get straight is that it doesn't matter. This book won't matter to you. It won't matter to those people who read it. It won't matter to anyone. And that's like the first thing you need to understand. And I wrote Jess's sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, I actually find Jess's very mean encouragement actually would work for me because it would free me up from the pressure of writing Mm. something like mighty. You know what I mean? Actually, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like just to but my- that's not Hannah's love language. So that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and Hannah says, you're really mean when you're depressed. She's like, no, you're depressed. <laughs> you're depressed. <laughs> I think they're probably both depressed. And so we cut back to Ray and Adam where they're talking about Hannah and Adam uses the analogy that she's like a carnival game where it seems simple, but it's rigged. And then you get the prize and you don't even want it, mm. which is very sad. Very sad. And again, though, I I don't want to necessarily validate the analogy, but I certainly have experienced in dating getting the thing you say you want. And then you're like, oh, fuck, this is Mm -hmm. not what I want. Yeah. And I don't know if it's I I, I do not think for I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for what I think of the character interaction. I don't know if it's like a thrill of the chase or like a thrill of conquest or of you know success of completion of or something but Mm -hmm. there is like a there's a guy friend of mine that my friends and i've spoken to him about he has like a real pattern of like losing interest after sleeping with somebody for the first time oh jesus Mm -hmm. and one of those yeah (laughs) (laughs) ladies no no you won't heal him stop it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and he likes somebody right now and it's like moving too slow for him and we're all a little nervous but anyway um (laughs) what if she's a listener there's no way there's no way (laughs) um she would have said something to me i've met her um but like i said i i do know what he's saying where it's like you get the thing you think you want and it's not what it turned out to be and i think that that's broader than dating i think that that has to do with career as well with friend like i think that has to do with a lot of things where you tell yourself it's something you wanted and then you're like oh fuck i think this is super common with career yeah think of how many people like you don't even stop to think if the thing you've been struggling for for years is really what you want and then you get there and it doesn't offer the fulfillment that you thought it would people talk about this a lot with losing weight like Mm. you think once i lose the 20 pounds my life is going to be so much better but then they lose the weight and they're still not feeling great about themselves because it self-esteem is not really related to the weight. It's related to other stuff. All the other stuff is symptoms. That is a, that's a really good analogy. That's totally right. And they do say that a lot. That's very true. Ray says he never understood Adam's infatuation with Hannah and that she's very difficult. And this is where, like, this is where I think Adam really starts like saying some thoughtful things that are really Mm -hmm. true and says to me that despite 
however old Ray is. And this does come out that Ray's incredibly relationship inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that, I don't think a relation relationship inexperienced is always like a red flag or a concern or anything like that. But I think Ray mm-hmm. is revealing his immaturity here. He's stunted. Very. He's totally stunted. Yeah. Adam says, and I think this is a, like this defines to me so many relationships and I, I is a valuable thing where Adam says, no, I'm difficult. And she was accepting of my brand of difficult. And I think that's so much of what relationships are. Like we, we always are accepting of flaws and you just have to be accepting of each other's versions of those. And he kind of sets the record straight that she wasn't, she said, he says she wasn't terrible to me. She has her own ideas of right and wrong. And sometimes that like, she kind of confuses herself and gets a little tied up, but like, she's not a bad person. And then don't compare her to the dog. And then this like, it escalates in like a very weird way where Adam gets Mm -hmm. angry because Ray is kind of casting her as a bad person. And then when Ray reverses course and says like, she's awesome, she's amazing. He goes, do you want to fuck her? Have you already fucked her? Oh my God. So funny. (laughs) And then I think he makes a really valid point. And again, I can relate to this, which is why I have sometimes like there are certain dates or relationships that I've kind of let continue because there's actually safety and knowing something won't work out. Mm -hmm. And he says, you don't know shit about love. You just feel safe with Shoshana because you know it won't work out. Yeah. That's like arrow to the heart. Yeah. That is he has Ray's number. Yes. And I do think there's a weird moment where Ray should be on Hannah's side. Ray called Adam a psycho. Ray works with Hannah and is dating one of Hannah's friends. This is kind of a dick move to be commiserating just because he's a bro with how annoying uh, Hannah is because she's like a difficult woman. Yeah. And it's interesting where I think like my memory of Ray is sort of like principled to a fault where Mm -hmm. here I think he actually shows himself to be a bit like Marnie where he's kind of trying to be a chameleon to like fit in with the type of talk that he thinks Adam will want to have where Ray has this vision of like because remember when he comes into his apartment he's like wow this like raw masculinity it's so like primal being in this woodshop apartment like and so I think he has this vision of oh Adam's gonna want to like shit on women because like that's what men do and adam's like no i'm not down for that yeah and for all of adam's like big talk he he is a A lot more introspective than than he than he appears to be what were you saying sorry we we crossed i know i was intentionally saying um you said like adam actually is and i said a beautiful wonderful man (laughs) (laughs) i just talked over that um (laughs) (sighs) how dare you no, Adam is incredibly problematic, but just because he has like nice things to say about his ex interspersed with like really hurtful things doesn't make him a good guy. <laughs> I don't know about that. We can we can, <laughs> we can reassess. <laughs> anyway, we have next up is the booth party where Hannah attends and Marnie looks like Lady Gaga. <laughs> this outfit's what insane. What is that dress? What is it's that insane. dress? It's, I mean, it's a matching set with some sort of PVC plastic over it. How is she not like sweating balls? Oh my God. I'm surprised it didn't, it wasn't like steaming up. Like it wasn't, you know, like creating condensation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like if you go car camping, like the condensation inside. Yeah. Yeah. I think a joke that actually ages really well is why aren't you having this party in Tulum? (laughs) That was really funny. Yeah. And a good job. Yeah. And we start as not, you know, as if we hadn't had inklings of it before, but I think we start to get a sense of like how fake Booth Jonathan is, Mm -hmm. where he is, you know, introducing this artist and he says his, um, his work had me sobbing, which I never do. And the friend says back, I've seen you cry six or seven times. Yeah. Oh, I looked up the artist because I'm not super into art. Wait, which one? Marina Abramovic. Wait, what does he reference her as? Like he was going to one of her, one of her like shows and it was like oh. so moving. And she's a performance artist. She's in her seventies and she's from Serbia. God damn. I'm reading about some of her art. She seems like a cool person, but it just shows more of like, He's such a poser to your point about I cried and I never cry. And the dude's like, cry all the time. Yeah. Which means if this man has witnessed him cry six or seven times, that means he's crying a lot more than that. Yeah. He's, he's fragile. Is what yeah. It says. Which like, you know, I'm all here for men in touch with their emotions who are willing to cry, but you know, don't, let's not pretend. 
Well, how can you do anything if you're crying all the time? It's just exhausting. I love cry. I love a cry. <laughs> oh, not? it puts me out of commission. I can't cry. Oh my gosh. I love a good cry. No, it is not cathartic at all for me. I like am out of commission. I look puffy. I'm emotionally a wreck. And then I need like days to recover. It's like really bad. I think I cry almost once a day. Are you insane? Really? <laughs> Not quite once a day, but like that's an exaggeration. But like I would say a couple times a week I cry. I would not be able to function if I did that. My body like can't handle that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I bottle things up. I cried last <laughs> night and today. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> today we are so not alike in this. <laughs> I cried last night because I was having like such a nice time just sitting on the couch with Mango. What? <laughs> and then today I cried because of the show. <laughs> oh my God. But like, okay, like tearing up or like, like little sobs. <laughs> okay, I think there's something in between like welling up and little sobs. Like, I, I don't know, like tears left my eyes. Like, I, I like liquid was formed, but I wasn't like okay. gasping. <laughs> Okay, but you weren't like, <laughs> like, like it was just tearing up. Okay, I, okay, I accept that. Okay, thank you. Oh my God, it's so funny. I validate your physical response to processing emotion, Rourke. I appreciate that. Thank you. So then, yeah, so I also think another, another scene that I, or element of this that I understand is I think we've all probably had a girlfriend become somebody else when they're dating a guy. Mm hmm. And how Marnie's dressed, you know, that guy, that guy's sketch coming to see her. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, I fucking love you. And he like picks her Ugh. up and he's like, girl, you're my fate. You know, it's like this, like, and Hannah's like, who are you? Like, this isn't the mm -hmm. person that I have come to know. And on the one hand, I accept, you know, sort of like we all kind of like change and grow with like the people who come into our lives and like, we're not obligated to like stay who we were to one in one person's vision. But like, this is inarguably like a different Marnie and she's clearly kind of, you know, putting on a show to fit into this life. And so I definitely would be irked by it as well. And I think that I've, I've seen that in friends where I'm like, who, who is this person? Yeah. It's so annoying when someone changes so much based on their partner. It's like, Oh, you have no personality. It's just mimicking your partner like a mirror. Yeah. There's this, um, like chameleon dating. scene. Yeah. There's this scene in the terrible, but I love it movie runaway bride with Julia, a great movie. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is terrible about it. Julia and Richard. And there's that thing where the Richard Gere character notices that Julia Roberts, her egg order matches her partner's egg order over easy or scrambled. And then he pieces together all the men she's left at the altar. Like they're like, Oh, she liked her eggs. Just like I do like soft scramble or like egg white only. And then um, he's like, see, they don't even know you. I know you. And anyway, but I always remember that. I was like, yeah, change for no man. Order the eggs you want. <laughs> I think that's a good message. What would you ever have you ever changed any part of your personality when you were dating someone? Um, I would not say I've changed a part of my personality, but I have been willing to, you know, go to certain events or like do certain things that like aren't my first choice things. Mm. Um, for example, somebody that I've dated was like a big like music person and like wanted mm. to go to like concerts and listen to record, you know, like all this shit that like, I don't really give a shit about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fine. And in retrospect, like it's one of those things where the more you do that stuff, the more you're setting up yourself for a life of having to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause then at some point when you turn the tap off and admit that you never actually liked it, it's like, well, you were doing it for all those years. And so now I'm just like, do that with your friends. <laughs> yeah, totally. This guy talks to Hannah and it's a weird conversation. <laughs> mm -hmm. He says, I think I've met you at one of, would you say Ryan's shoots? I don't know. Presumably some sort of photographic artist. And he thinks that she's the girl who got her period at Dairy Queen. Hannah confirms that she was not. And she says she needs to go because she needs to write a book. And the, and the guy says, you should talk to Sketch. He's writing a book too, but it's only an ebook. <laughs> so Hannah says, I'll just go. And then let's, let's stick with the party for a second. Marnie and Booth are in the wine cellar. And this is where he offers to throw 500 her way for the night. Mm -hmm. And she says, you don't have to pay me. I'm your girlfriend. Oh, no. Huge mistake. I didn't realize I had a girlfriend. Oh, so mean. 
Yeah. Did you think I was working for you tonight? You're a hostess for a living. I didn't think it would be a big deal. So yeah. So this is obviously bad on both their parts, like we've said, where Mm -hmm. he, I think, gets the benefit of her operating on the wrong assumption. And so he took advantage of that only to spring it on her now when it's all sort of like too late. And... I was just going to say, so the other thing that sort of rattles me and makes me upset on Marnie's behalf is when he says, like, you're a hostess. This is what you do for a living. And to me, like, there's nothing wrong if that's what you do and you enjoy, like, working in that position. But Marnie obviously doesn't really enjoy doing that. And to throw that in her face, like, you're just, you're... Your calling is the lowest position and all the wants and ambitions you have for your life are just this job. It's it's really condescending again. And he's just such an asshole to her. It's really awful. And also, it's not only is it, I, I completely agree with everything you said. And I think the added layer to it is, well, just because that's what I do for work, that's not who I thought you saw me as. Yes. Right? Like, I'm not that to you. You were sleeping together, for God's sake. Like, I thought you had, like, feelings for me as as a lover and a, you know, partner or whatever. Also, she's like a hostess at, like, a tits and ass, ass like, men's club. It's not like you work in hospitality and you're, like, at a really nice restaurant and you want to work in hospitality. Like, that's, like, that would be someone saying, like, oh, you're a host at a restaurant. Like, that's what you do. To me, like, saying that to someone who actually wants to work in the restaurant business or hospitality, that's different than saying to someone who's wearing, like, booty shorts and letting like old men grope her that that's like her calling. Totally. That's so messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I could see a world where, and this is kind of changing. This is like moving the goalposts a little bit, but like I could see a world where let's say you're dating a party planner and Mm -hmm. you say to them, Hey, I have this thing coming up. You know, I know it's not like, this is me asking for you, like you for a favor. I know like you don't owe me this, but like, would you be willing to like plan this for me or what, like do me a yeah. cute, whatever, like that would be a reasonable thing to ask of a romantic partner. I think yes, phrased absolutely. in that way, but obviously we're now way beyond kind of the scope of what is what these people are capable of. And then he really turns it around and also adds insult to injury by saying I had sex with Sujin and she worked for me. And she really got the situation. And what frustrates me about this is that, so Marnie, Marnie breaks down into tears. She feels dumb. She says, I liked spending time with you and I hoped you were my boyfriend. I think I fell in love with the idea of you. I loved your work, da, 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 da. And Booth says, oh my God, fuck this. Everyone just uses me. You know, I don't, all these people here, like I hate them. No one even knows me, da, 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 da. And I think, right, like the problem, the problem with this scene is, or what's hard. It's not a problem. It's well, it's really well done. Actually. The problem is they're both in the wrong, right? Mm -hmm. That Marnie, Marnie is doing in some ways what he accuses her of, right? Mm -hmm. That she did have this like kind of fantasy version of him. And probably if she thought about it for a fucking second, doesn't actually like who he is at all or how he treats her or makes her feel. And yet if he wants to actually develop a vulnerable connection with somebody, he can't do this to them. He cannot Mm -hmm. throw in Marnie's face now. Well, this was all fake. Well, you treated her fake. Like you treated her as a fan, as a sycophant, as somebody who just was going to like, when you said jump, she said how high. So when you said like shit on Sujin, she did like, you can't, you cannot do that. He he really doesn't come across well, and I think that's the intent. He's a huge asshole to her. And to her credit, I she gathers herself up and leaves. And I think that's the the right move. A hundred percent. Yes. I'm very, very glad she left. The crying to me didn't seem real. I don't know. She's a I think she's a as an actress is a bad fake crier. I actually kind of remember that being a discourse at the time that this was airing that Allison Williams was like a bad crier. Yeah, it, it the crying was like very hard to watch, to be honest. It would have been better if they just didn't have her cry. She's good at looking like forlorn and hurt in silence, I think. Yeah, more of like a thousand yard stare. Yeah, like the sadness. discomfort at the dinner party. I thought she, she was good. Yeah, that was good. 
That was good. Quickly, before we get to the end, let's finish up Ray, who is carrying the mission. Adam has bailed. Ray's carrying the mission forward. He gets to the address and a young a young woman comes out and says, um, and it's revealed that the dog has been stolen from her dad and she doesn't want it. It's a crazy dog. It scares people. And I do think the it's a kind of a funny exchange where she says, who the fuck are you and why aren't you at work? And he said, I could work at night. <laughs> I could be a creative type. Oh my God. If there's any indicator that someone is not working is when they make the point, you don't know me, I could be working nights. It's like someone who says that definitely is not working nights. This is the conflict with Ray too, where what I would love to get in his head about is he does seem to want more from him for, from himself. And yet he doesn't know what that is. I don't think anyway. So he ends up, you know, sitting with the dog crying. That was really sad. Also, another bad fake cry. Yeah, bad fake crying on the seventh. So, what really, what really got me, why I cried, was Hannah laying in her bed and calls Marnie, and they just have this back and forth of lies. Mm -hmm. And this like killed me. Where Hannah says, so first Hannah says she left because she was so inspired to write lie. Marnie lies that she's having a great time and is in Booth's garden looking at fireflies lie. Hannah, Hannah says that she's getting tons of work done and it's going great lie. And that, I don't know, the first time that just like absolutely killed me that like to me that that is what throws a wrench in the concept of like them being friends that this isn't friendship. You, you, you can't maintain that type of you cannot maintain those types of lies with people you call your friends i don't think yeah but like those are crazy underscore they're the same they're the same exact personality yes i think that's very true it's really sad to me that they can't even be honest in their they're both down because they don't want to reveal their own vulnerabilities to the other it's It's, all just like posturing no it's so sad that's why i cried (laughs) yeah it's depressing for sure yeah i thought For me, like the saddest part was actually Ray realizing like the full scope of his to be kind of mean to him, his loserdom. He's not interested. He doesn't take an interest in anything, really. He's just interested in ideas. He didn't even read Little Women. Mm -hmm. Yes. Before he lent it to Hannah for her to read on the John, you know, like, (laughs) like things mean so much to him, but he doesn't ever allow himself to like commit to anything can't even commit to reading a book with this lovely note written to him from his godmother about why it relates to him like he's just a depressed person totally definitely yeah this is a i feel like i remember this about season two that like back the back half is like sad yeah what was the cuckoo bananas moment for you oh i mean honestly the concept of stealing a dog is cuckoo bananas I would say also, like, the whole dog storyline is, like, the crazy. I mean, the the thing is, the, I think the thing is that the, my hesitation on calling it that is that it really does fit with Adam's personality. Mm-hmm. That Adam would, in a moment, you know, see this man kind of yell at his dog and then tie it up. And in this sort of, like, fit of righteousness, steal mm-hmm. the dog. Like, it all mm-hmm. fits, but it's still so fucking insane. Yeah. Also, the owner's daughter, like, railing Ray with a bunch of Jewish and uh, anti-gay slurs mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. That was yeah. not great. Not great. Speaking of Staten Island, do you ever, did you ever watch Mob Wives? No. Oh, my God. It's so good. You really should. Is it good? Yeah, okay. I love it. What channel is that on? Gosh, I think it might have been on like an E or a VH1 or something, but I think it's all on Amazon Prime now or something. I watched it recently. Okay. I like a New York, New Jersey mob kind of kind of thing. It's good. It's it's really good. It's fun. I love the Godfather movies mm-hmm. and I had never read I never really read the book. Mm. So I listened to the book on Audible and I highly recommend listening to Mario Puzo, the Godfather. Does he Audible, read it? If you, Mario Puzo? I, I, they, they have like, it's someone you'll recognize. I forget if it was like Michael Imperioli or someone, oh, but funny. it's like a sort of mob adjacent, like media personality, or it's someone who sounds remarkably like someone who from central casting. But it's, it's like, if you want to have like an extended experience about like that kind of, you know, subculture, that is, a uh, recommend from me oh you're gonna know who it is do you want to know who narrates it yeah who joe mantegna 
Oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think he was in out. the third one, but it, that was the worst one. So. Oh, yeah. That one's the worst. So next episode is, um, is it episode seven, I guess? Mm-hmm. Episode seven, and it's called Video Games. Oh, but let's do the logline of boys first. Wait, no, don't play boys. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> I'll be interested. Probably just going to mention the dog, I bet. Hannah signs an ebook deal with a dauntingly tight deadline. Marnie mm-hmm. plays hostess for Booth Jonathan's art party. This is just a very fucking factual one. Adam coaxes Ray to go on a Staten Island adventure. A depressed Jessa crashes with Hannah. All fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Fine. I'm actually shocked Jessa even gets a line. Like there was like nothing happened. Yeah. But they had to remind you that she exists because of the next episode. Right. Right. They get their own little like bottle episode adventure. Well, great. I'll see you. I'll see you again to talk about episode seven. All right. See ya.